0: Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Search Sky Broadband to get started. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Sarah Chappaluk. Today, could a tsunami hit Ireland, and how prepared are we for one? In 1755, a tsunami, which was caused by an earthquake off the coast of Portugal, washed up on Irish shores. Its terroring waves are said to have caused the partial destruction of Galway's Spanish Arch and records also describe a large body of water pouring into Kinsale Harbour. Last Saturday, locals in the West Cork towns of Court McSherry and Union Hall momentarily feared that history might be repeating itself when unusual tidal activity saw water levels in the harbours drop dramatically.
1: I was actually uh, just cleaning the hull of my sort of dinghy or punt that I used to go back and forth to the charter boat, uh, had it sort of upside down on the pontoon in Court McSherry, scraping barnacles off it. First thing I noticed, uh, there was a guy who was um, trying to recover his rib with his trailer and he got sort of stuck in the mud and I just thought, okay, he's timed it wrong. But then I sort of looked and I thought, well, the world is going the wrong way, which was a bit strange.
0: Charter boat operator David Edwards witnessed the event at Court McSherry.
1: Didn't think too much of it. And then, uh, I just finished cleaning the uh, down and I looked up at the opera inside the pontoon. There was about two feet of water there. And I literally just pushed it across to push it over the edge. And I thought, ah, huh? the water's gone. <laughs> it was just so surreal. This, this can't be right. So I got off the pontoon and could see the water just emptying out from the top end of towards Timeli. And I noticed an awful lot of people sort of living in Cormac were sort of walking down and, and coming to, to sort of stare at it as well. Uh, I as for the lads who were in Union Hall, a, a guy who was digging bait and had his um bait bucket sort of washed over and lost all the, the worms he dug up. <laughs> Which uh lost well, sympathy put him there. But you know the consensus was no one had seen any anything like that before.
0: So, what exactly happened on Ireland's southwest coast last weekend? Could it have been a mini tsunami caused by an earthquake, just like in 1755?
1: My first thing when I got home, and uh, I said to Sharon, my wife, because Sharon was down there with me, she was sitting in the car, and I said, You've got to come look at this. First thing she did when I got home, went online and just have a look for earthquakes or anything, because that just seemed to be the only obvious solution to me. I saw there was a fairly minor one off Portugal and there was a large one off Costa Rica but I thought given the time and so forth the Portugal one seemed to make obvious sense to me but it was a fair point of discussion over the last two days and the consensus was that nothing really other than some kind of shaking of the plates or whatever to, to cause that to happen.
0: Dr. Jared McCarthy is an oceanographer with the Irish Climate Research and Analysis Unit at the Department of Geography in Maynooth University. Jared, what were your immediate thoughts when you first heard about what had happened along the coast of West Cork on Saturday afternoon?
2: Well, my first thoughts were to really kind of try and look at the data to see what had really happened. I think uh, very often. When you find kind of like extreme things happening at the coast or with the weather, um, it's good to kind of really try and get the data to really understand what has happened. So we were very lucky, actually, that Union Hall was one of the, the locations where, where this occurred. and We were lucky in some sense, I guess. But um, the Marine Institute had installed a high-frequency tide gauge there only a couple of years ago. And so we were able to actually look at what had happened. And there it was, a, one data point, we were able to see that uh, the water dropped by about 70 centimetres in five minutes. So really, really dramatic event. And it looks like the same thing kind of happened in Court McSherry, whereas then there was a signal all the way along the south coast from Castletown Bear all the way around um, up the Barrow into Kilmore Quay around to Wexford. Uh, but that was less dramatic than what happened in Court McSherry and Union Hall.
0: So what exactly did happen in Court McSherry and Union Hall? Why did the water go down so quickly and, and turn direction unexpectedly?
2: So what we think happened there was a meteo tsunami. So I think some of the early media reports we're looking for, um, seismic activity that might explain a kind of a classic tsunami. Now, I think the, the Lisbon tsunami of 1755 actually really lives in people's minds, particularly in West Cork. I think every barrier beach in West Cork is uh, really assigned to a 1755 Lisbon tsunami, which is, uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably doesn't hold up to a lot of scrutiny, but uh, <laughs> it, it does kind of live into consciousness there. There was a very small seismic activity out by the Azores Island on, on Saturday morning, but really that wasn't big enough to generate a tsunami such as kind of what happens in in around the Pacific, um, Pacific Ring of Fire. So, there's two reasons, I suppose. So, so there's a small, uh, small earthquake, but it was also, it would have travelled very slowly by tsunami standards if it was going to hit West Cork that afternoon.
0: Uh, Jared, how quickly does water normally drop when the tide is, is going out?
2: So, normally at spring tides, which is when you get the largest normal tidal range, you get about a centimetre per minute in a place like Union Hall. So, what you're we seeing here was, you know, a completely different order of magnitude altogether. And what happened as well after that initial, you know, very dramatic drop of 70 centimetres in five minutes is you had this, uh, what we call sashing, which is basically the sloshing of the water backwards and forwards in the harbour. So there's eyewitnesses who, who stood on the, the bridge in Union Hall and were able to see the tide coming in and out, as they described it themselves, a number of times before the next normal high tide. So one of the reasons we think that it was most extreme in Union Hall in Court McSherry was because those bays have a natural resonance anyway. So they kind of, every time the tide comes in, there's kind of a bit of sashing, a bit of a natural resonance about, about that. Um, and we think what happened here is that the meteor tsunami kind of basically resonated with that. So it's a bit like if there's water sloshing backwards and forwards in your bathtub, if you time a swoosh just right, you can clear out a lot of water onto your floor. And it seems to be like that something like that might have happened, that it kind of uh, amplified the natural resonance of what's going on in those harbors anyway.
0: You said this event has been described as a meteor tsunami. Can you tell us a bit more about what that is and does it pose any kind of risk to Irish coastal areas?
2: So a meteor tsunami is basically a wave. So tsunami is a wave and driven by uh, meteorological things. So driven by abrupt changes in wind and abrupt changes in, in pressure. So there does seem to have been some unusual meteorological activity, um, particularly uh, across on the coast of France, so in, in Normandy, later uh, that evening on uh, on Saturday, there was very, very sh- a sharp squall picked up, and, and um, there was actually a kite surfer killed due to the extreme winds uh, on the coast of Normandy. The, the the winds got up to about 100 kilometers an hour over the course of five minutes, and that's exactly the type of meteorological disturbance that can cause these meteor tsunamis. Now, meteor tsunamis are actually pretty common around the Irish coast. Um, usually you don't notice them. Um, You get a kind of a wave of maybe a foot or something like that, which is often not that remarkable at at the size along the coastline that we have. Uh, So it happens because you get a big abrupt meteorological disturbance. So say, for example, that could be a big drop in atmospheric pressure. So all of the time, the ocean is being weighed down by the atmosphere. And if the atmospheric pressure um, uh, drops abruptly, it basically lifts up a bit of water, more or less. And then as soon as that goes, the water equi- equilibrates. And that's, that's a wave. That's how waves start. And so that's basically how meteo tsunamis are, are generated.
0: As you've mentioned, though, this wasn't just a local Irish phenomenon. Saturday's strange tidal event was also felt as far away as France, Cornwall and Wales. Why does it travel in that way?
2: Really, it travels with the, with the meteorological phenomenon. So you, you could see kind of a front. Now, it's it's quite hard to get the meteorological data at the high enough frequency to, to observe it. But you could see a front traveling off the south coast of Ireland, across uh, South Wales and into Cornwall, and then down onto France.
0: So bringing things back to West Cork... Were locals justified in their fears that this could be a precursor to an incoming tsunami? I mean, what are the possibilities of a tsunami hitting an Irish coast?
2: Yeah, so there there is a possibility of a tsunami, you know, always. It has happened before. Um, going back, the most famous one is the Lisbon tsunami of 1755, Um there's a plaque on the side of the Spanish Arch in, in, in Galway um, saying that it was hit by that tsunami in, in 1755. That was a huge eruption. That was a, an eight or nine on the Richter scale. It caused huge devastation around the coasts of Portugal and France and all the way up to Ireland. The same kind of thing could happen again. You know, people point to places like the Canary Islands where there's uh, a huge amount of material that could cause a submarine landslide that would trigger a, an Atlantic-wide tsunami. So it isn't it isn't impossible, but um, it's also probably not the most likely thing either. So so one thing that protects us a little bit in Ireland from those big Atlantic tsunamis is that we're actually quite a bit in on the continental shelf. So um, that slows down the waves quite a bit. So for, for lower magnitude seismic events, you don't tend to get the same kind of tsunamis that you might get around the Pacific, say, where, where there isn't the same kind of continental shelf.
0: You've mentioned the uh, 1755 Lisbon earthquake and subsequent uh, tsunami and the fact that Galway's Spanish arch was apparently affected by it. Do we know where else in Ireland has records of effects and have there been any other tsunamis that have hit Ireland over the years throughout history? Uh,
2: Yeah, certainly. Um, 1755, as I say, it kind of lives in the consciousness in West Cork a lot. So there are records of six feet tidal waves hitting Kinsale and, and, and this type of stuff. There are some geological records recording when when that kind of massive wave hit in West Cork and, you know, brought water coming over um, into places that, that that had never seen seawater before. So so there is a record of, of that one. Um, there are kind of anecdotal evidence of, of other ones. So, Deep Maps Cork do, did a, a look into this a couple of years back and they noted some things like there was a, an abrupt drop or an abrupt rise in the sea level in, in Kinsale and I think it was in the 1800s anyway. You know, this type of stuff kind of can can happen really. In terms of meteor tsunamis in general, they're, they're not the most rare kind of a thing. So they're relatively common around the coast of Ireland. So um, in the last year, we've had a couple of kind of famous ones. So up in Loch Swilly earlier in the year, there was a, a winter storm came across and there was a, an atmospheric disturbance again and it caused what looked like a tidal bore travelling up Loch Swilly. So again, there's, there's some good videos of that online. Uh, that's the same kind of thing again, a meteorological disturbance kind of causing a meteor tsunami. A very unusual one happened in the wake of the Hunga Tonga eruption in late uh, 2021. A huge plume of ash, steam and gas rising up from the ocean near Tonga. The result of a huge eruption from an underwater volcano. So powerful that images of it were captured by satellites orbiting the Earth.
1: While its impact was... So Honka
2: Tonga was an awful long way away from here in the Pacific mm-hmm. Islands, but it did send out an atmospheric wave through the whole globe, so it resonated around the whole globe. And there were many places that saw the atmospheric um, effect generating these meteor tsunamis. So they were seen in Puerto Rico and they were also seen in Castledown Bear. So, you know, they kind of really, really kind of connected the globe around that. So that one in Castledown Bear, of course, was on the smaller side of things. So it was kind of a 30 centimetre and people probably didn't even realise. They might have said, "Oh, that's a bit of a big wave or something like that coming in. But a lot of these things you don't necessarily notice.
0: One thing that connects us across the planet now is climate change. I mean, how More likely is a tsunami as the effects of climate change become more apparent in our daily lives.
2: Yeah, I mean, climate change is a, a very real thing that is affecting uh, the climate and also the, the frequency of extreme events around the globe. So, you know, it wouldn't have been that long ago when I, I would have had to say to you, we can't attribute extreme events to climate change. But now uh, heat waves can be seen to be, you know, much more frequent because of climate change. Uh, however, uh, something like a meteor tsunami is really a very small-scale meteorological phenomenon. We are, I suppose, we, we have a good idea of what maybe causes them but really in terms of understanding how they're linked to broader scale things like climate change that's really beyond what we could say. so we couldn't say that a meteor tsunamis are going to be more more common necessarily uh, due to climate change
0: coming up just how prepared would ireland be for a tsunami like the one seen in 1755 never suffer the buffer again Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa, gaming in the bedroom, or swiping in the bathroom. I said swiping. You'll never be without it. Switch your home to 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Availability subject to location Requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base. Jared, which coastal areas in Ireland would be most vulnerable to a Lisbon type tsunami event? And how high could waves become on Irish coasts in that situation?
2: So, I guess um, you'd probably be looking at something quite similar to what happened back then. so you're talking about kind of six feet waves, that kind of stuff. It would be south coast, west coast unfortunately uh the West coast tends to get a bit battered by extreme sea levels in general, so you know every time there's a big winter storm coming in you know uh the there's mm. probably plenty of Irish times journalists down in, down in salty Cape prom mm-hmm. salthill prom kind of um getting washed over by the waves uh, <laughs> you know it's very much a kind of a classic kind of case of the big Uh, extreme sea levels come in from the Atlantic and and, and hit the west and the south coast first. Over on the east coast, it's a bit more sheltered and you tend to get away with a bit more in terms of the kind of the size of extreme sea levels that you see there.
0: How prepared would Ireland be for a tsunami? I mean, in other parts of the world, like north, central, South America, you regularly see warning signs about tsunamis on coastal areas with instructions of what to do if a large wave hits to get to higher ground. I've never seen such advice in Ireland and I've not really heard about preparations. Do we need them and what's been done?
2: So you're right. So, so a lot of the development in terms of tsunami warning systems kind of came in the aftermath of the uh, 2004 tsunami uh, in mm. the Indian Ocean. So that was a massive one and created, it caused a large amount of uh, loss of life. Good evening. More than 11,000 people are now thought to have been killed in southern Asia after an undersea earthquake sent enormous waves rolling across the Indian Ocean. The quake measured 8.9 on the Richter scale, the biggest in the world for 40 years. Waves up to 10 metres high. In- there was a big reaction there and there was a tsunami warning systems set in place so that people could get to higher ground in reality, I suppose the reason that we haven't done exactly the same kind of thing here is because there hasn't been a big tsunami like that Hmm. in, in modern times. Um, so I guess in some ways it kind of plays in a little bit to a lot of what we do in terms of climate adaptation, that we tend to be reactive rather than proactive. So, uh, you know, we probably won't put in a tsunami warning system until there has been a decent tsunami, mm. um, which, of course, is, would be too late for whatever kind of impacts that had happened there. That's not to say that we wouldn't be able to. You know, there is a very good marine observing system around Ireland. And, and, and it's the kind of thing that, that would be well within our capabilities.
0: What can researchers and academics in your field of study do to help and, I suppose, convince the government to prepare for a possible tsunami? in Ireland in the future?
2: I would say, I suppose, kind of what, what we're talking about here really is, is is not that kind of seismic tsunami, which is, you know, um, I suppose not, not related to climate change, but we're talking about kind of changes in meteorological um, effects, changes in sea levels, changes in extreme sea levels. And I suppose, firstly, we have to understand the changes that are going on. So we are working a lot on understanding how mean sea levels are rising around Ireland in response to climate change. Um, how some of the local effects are are a little bit different from what's occurring globally. So, for example, we were able to see recently that sea levels were rising faster than the global rates in Cork and Dublin. With a new project starting, uh, Dr Niamh Cahill is leading a new extremes project funded by Science Foundation Ireland that's going to look at extreme levels all the way around Ireland. So that'll be looking at uh, storm surges, waves and a bit of meteor tsunamis as well, hopefully.
0: Jared, you've mentioned a few times that the 1755 Lisbon tsunami lives on in the West Cork consciousness. Why do you think that is? I mean, I know that many parts of West Cork do live off the sea and have huge connections to the sea, but is it just that fear that something like that could happen again or is it just a fascination with the past?
2: I think it's probably a little bit of a combination of both. So I think people, people know the story for one. So people tend to I think, remember extreme natural phenomena. You know, things like, say, Íhannigwíamúra, that was that was remembered for years and years. So was the Lisbon tsunami and it's kind of lived on in, in almost folklore kind of a sense now. Uh, I mean, I think there's a real fear there's a lot of people live by the coast in Ireland where quite a coastal population we've got. Uh, I think it's 40% of the population live within five kilometres of the coast. So I think, you know, it, it, it is a real fear, you know, in terms of what happened in, in Union Hall and Court McSherry. If you were in a small boat or if you were out swimming, you'd be in real trouble, actually, if you were if you're caught in the wrong place there. So there is a risk associated with these natural phenomena and, you know, that shouldn't be downplayed. So the sea is always, a, a, you know, the sea always has its risks. It's a wonderful place. It's it's beautiful. And, and, you know, people have been swimming more and more around Ireland than ever before. But people do need to bear in mind that there are risks um, Meteor storm is a very, very rare event, but there are natural risks in terms of uh, waves, freak waves, tidal currents. These these are things that are just a, a natural risk in the ocean environment that people be, need to be aware of.
0: Dr. Gerry McCarthy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. That's it for today. This episode of In the News was produced by Jennifer Ryan. We'll be back on Monday.